I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about handling objections like, let me think about it. Or, I'm going to give my advisor one more shot. Or, thanks for your time. We'll be in touch. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 29 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Thanks for all of you who've been tuning in over the past 28 episodes. And now we're at 29. We're approaching 30. We're really, really building here. Yeah, so uh, today we've got a fun topic lined up. We, we know we none of us really like objections. No. You know, I get objections. You get them, Kevin, uh, you know, as we talk about our coaching and speaking services. Yep. It's never our favorite thing to do. But, you know, if you put a little bit of time and thought into how you handle some of these you end up with better outcomes. It's a yeah. lot of work to get people into the pipeline, right? Right. I mean, that's what most people come to us for is, hey, how do you get more people coming into my office and having meetings with us? It takes a tremendous amount of networking and introductions and CPA alliances and all that to get people in the door the first time. So you want to make sure your close ratio is rock solid mm-hmm. and being able to handle some of these pretty common objections yeah. is one, one way to do it. I was going to say, I mean, if you, if you put them down on a list, if you started thinking about the most common objections that you get or stalls or whatever you want to call them here, um, there's probably just a handful there and you should be prepared for them. Without a doubt, you should kind of know how you're going to respond. But the first thing that you want to think about when you think about objections is more preventative measures. Like, have I done everything up until this point where I get this rejection right? Like, have I asked the right questions? Have I built enough rapport with this prospect? Have I taken the time to truly understand their needs and explain what differentiates our firm? Because really, you'd love to prevent getting these. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you know, part of it is going into each meeting with what we call strategic intent. You're mm. thinking in advance about what you want to occur in this actual meeting. Yeah. People come to us pretty often, Kevin, and want to know, you know what should the process be from the first meeting of discovery to the final meeting of getting them to sign the paperwork, really how should that flow? And I don't know that we've ever come out with one hard and fast, you have to do it this way kind of a rule, because frankly, we've seen a number of ways this could work. Yeah, we see it at the first meeting and the people move forward. Well, we've we see some it, people yeah. who say that, you know, two meetings is plenty and other people who say, no, I've really, I've got five steps to getting started and I'm not going to deviate from that. Right, right. But, you know, but part of, part of what the exercise we walk people through is naturally, how have you done this in the past? Does this process make sense? And are you in advance thinking about how you're going to get somebody from meeting one to meeting two to meeting three or however many steps are in your process? Yeah. So, so ultimately, we want to avoid all of these. We want those preventative measures in place. We want to make sure we're doing a good job during that whole um, you know, prospect phase. But let's say when you, when you get hit with one of these kind of front and center, how are you going to respond to it? And do you have some good language there? And the first one we're going to go through today is very common. And I know I've given this objection to some people before. And that's, uh, hey, I want to think about it a little bit. What's there to think about, Nichols? Come on. <laughs> Actually, you know, and, and if you think about this, like a, a consultant approach versus this, this, like maybe, I hate to say car salesman approach, but more of a pushy salesman style approach, they might try and challenge you like that. What do you need to think about? Well, there's a ton of old sales training that was exactly yeah. like that. It was very confrontational. Yeah. And, and that's that's not what we're really going for here. I, I think it, it kind of weakens your positioning a little bit here if I'm saying, 
what is there to think about, Stephen? You're or, not, I mean, you're taking people who are pretty bright, right? They're your clients. <laughs> they've made some money for themselves. You're not yeah. going to coerce them into doing business with you. How would you respond if someone said that to you? Like if, if you were meeting with a potential oh, advisor, be, well, said, well, what do be you kind of, to think about, really? Well, I don't like being made to feel uncomfortable, and I don't think anybody <laughs> does. It would be, you know, who knows? It would, it would definitely rap, paint a bad picture of them. You wouldn't want to go back. That's not somebody you're looking forward to meeting with regularly because if they treat you that way as a prospect, how are they going to act to you and uh, listening to your concerns and being empathetic towards you when you're a client? Yeah. Right? That doesn't get better. Yeah. So, <laughs> so instead what we want to do is embrace this. And, you know, and, and it's going to kind of – it might catch them off guard a little bit to embrace it and to say something like – Absolutely. That's a good idea. We want you to think about it. It's really important. You know, we work with a, a handful of clients here in the area. We have really long-term standing relationships with them. We want you to make sure that you feel, you feel comfortable moving forward, and we want to feel comfortable as well. When would be a good time for us to circle back and close for a meeting? So embracing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you can, you know, there's two ways to go about that. You can do it reluctantly, or you can do it with um, you know, some enthusiasm for the idea. And mm-hmm. people can read through that if you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, good idea, Kevin. You probably should think about it, jerk. You know? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right, actually. <laughs> so we're like, oh, yeah, no, please, please do, Kevin. You know, I want you to, to put some real time and thought into this. And, you know, we, we have long-term relationships. And, you know, let, let's go ahead and set a time, though, to get back together and, and kind of go over any final questions you might have. I like that. You're right. So the inflection and the energy has to be there. It has to be genuine. Um, another question you could throw out there is, have I given you all the information that you need at this point to make a decision? So yeah. basically, you know, is there anything else that you need from me right now? Yeah, exactly right. Yep. So, you know, is this overcoming an objection like we titled this session? Not really. Uh, but there's no really way to overcome that one other than being a normal, nice person and being empathetic to the fact that it's yeah. a big decision for them. Yeah. Right? They do need to think about it a little bit. You know, bit. and if, let's say you make that meeting and then they, they call and reschedule, which I'm sure a certain percentage of them will reschedule or just cancel the meeting. Well, that's that's okay, right? I mean, look, I mean, they, they were probably going to do that anyway. So, again, just uh, don't don't think too much into that one, and don't try and challenge it. So, uh, Kevin, what about the I want to give my advisor another shot? So, this is probably pretty common too. It's someone who's feeling a little reluctant, probably doesn't want to go back and have to, um, you know, sever that relationship with the other financial advisor. And so they're giving you, uh, hey, look, I'm going to go back to them and talk to them. I mean, my first thought when, when someone was giving me that is I would probably want to ask some questions to kind of reel them back into why they were there in the first place. So I'd probably say, well, you know, let me ask you, what, what, what brought you in, you know, today in the first place? Like, and I would probably start digging into that dissatisfaction that they had. And really, reason for them meeting me, you know, willingness to meet meet me in the first place. Right, you're reopening that wound. Yeah, reopen that wound a little bit, um, and kind of you know get 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 their insight there. What would you say to something like that? Well, you know, we what you want to say is a little bit different than what you should say a lot of times. And and I think (laughs) this one is one of those where, you know, you know full well that if you've been slighted by a service provider, in this case, let's say financial advisor. And they've given you either shoddy service or poor performance or they just haven't been attentive to you, whatever it is. What is the likelihood that one come to Jesus meeting where you're saying, now, Kevin, I want things to work differently going forward. We need more communication or that's it, right? What are the odds that long term that's going to have a whole lot of effect? You, know, Kevin, more than likely, if he's that advisor who's been slighting me, 
Yeah. Just doesn't have the greatest business model for servicing clients. Probably not. My complaint is not changing that. Yeah, or from or, or yeah, exactly from that advisor standpoint, maybe you're not a high priority client. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's what we know, right? We right. know that is not going to change a whole lot. How you get that across to somebody? You've got to be a little bit delicate because they're giving you their their definitive answer of I want to talk with my other advisor first, but you want to have them really understanding that. You know, people are going to make a lot of promises. We've had this happen in our business when you confront a vendor that's been treating you poorly. In any, you know, in any service capacity, they're going to promise better service, more thoughtful, uh, you know, portfolios, whatever it is that was going wrong, they're going to tell you they're going to do it better. Now, does that stick long term? I think most of us know they're not, right? Right. You know, we respect the decision that you feel you've had a relationship with them and you want to give them another chance. But uh, Kevin, what was it the other day? You were telling me the other day somebody had used uh, making, uh, making the prospect commit that if oh, you're going to go back yes. and meet with them, yes, I want you to commit that you're going to come back and give me a, a, another meeting as well, just to talk through what you uncovered with them and how you think things are going to work differently. Uh, That's exactly. I had an old coaching a client. Of a bold approach. I had an old coaching client who was all about that, and he, yeah, because he said usually the last person to talk to them is the one who gets the business, and I, I, he's probably right, right. Um, so, so he would, he would make them say, Hey, that's fine. If you want to go talk to them, I, I, I totally respect that, but just promise me that you'll come back and talk to me before you make your final decision. Yeah. And you know, at the, at the end of the day, you want to make sure they understand you've got to do what's in your best interest as the, as the investor out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And business goes back and forth in our industry. Nobody likes to lose clients, but business does go back and forth to various advisors yep. and you want to put them at ease about how easy and, and painless that process is. Obviously they've got some reservations about leaving. And you want to make sure they understand, hey, just so you know, if and when you decide to move on with us and move away from this guy who's been giving you sorry service. Uh, <laughs> you kind of, you just, you just really, big. yeah, you put no, that one right in there. If and when you decide to move over with us, you know, the process is really painless nowadays. You know, there's just a couple mm. quick steps. You don't even have to talk to your old advisor if you don't want to. We can handle most of that. And believe me, it happens. That's a good point because you need to make it seem really like a simple process because some of them don't want that confrontation. Maybe they had never left an advisor before and they're envisioning themselves having to go into the review meeting and break it. <laughs> and being like, hey, just to let you know, hey, 15 years. things aren't working out here. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not uh, me. It's you. Right. <laughs> um. Whatever language they use, it could, <laughs> it could be totally awkward. Right. Uh, but you're going to make it easy on them. So last one, Kevin. The last one here is uh, is an objection where they don't really give you anything to work with. Like, so it, we call it like an, a silent objection, which is, you know, you come in for a meeting and I'm saying, hey, thanks for your time today. We'll be back in touch. And it's like they don't give you any feedback. You, you, you really don't know if you're moving in the right direction, if you're not moving in the right direction. And it's a little frustrating at times. Or it could be an objection by way of body language. Mm. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, objection. yeah. So in that in that one, do you do you match and mirror that? If I mean, if <laughs> That's I'm, a good question, Kevin. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I, I mean, you probably should a little. I mean, typically the rule of body language is if if Kevin's leaning yeah. forward, I may too, or if yeah. he leans back and is more relaxed. Yeah. If they look like they're angry and not happy to be there, I don't think you match that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think you try to counteract that one. No, but, but yeah, what, what would you say in that situation? What do you do, Stephen, if someone's just not giving you much feedback and, and they're telling you today that they're not they're not moving forward? Maybe you've had a couple meetings with them and it's just it's just not clicking. You know, one thing I like to do with people is just to ask, um, you know, just verbal check ins periodically, especially if you get the feeling that either they're not completely bought in. Or I do, you know, when I do this, it, admittedly, is when I feel like I've talked a little too much. Mm. So let's say somebody's asking me details about one of our speaking topics or about our coaching process. And I get, I mean, we all do occasionally, yeah. right? Got a little long-winded. I'm thinking they need to be talking more. That's when I would say, you know, hey, I know I've went through a lengthy explanation there just to check in with you. Where's your, you know, 
what, what's your what's going through your mind as we've gone through some of this, mm-hmm. right? So I like to check in like that periodically anyway. But I think in this situation, if you've been through a couple of prospect meetings with somebody, and they're for whatever reason not jumping up and down about moving forward with you, address it. Yeah, call them out on it in a nice way to say, hey, you know, Kevin, I, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. You know, we I think we've talked about a couple of solutions that are going to be a really nice addition to what you have going on there financially. But I, I, I'm not getting the sense that you're jumping out of your seat to get started here. What, what's going through your mind at this point? That's good. That's right? really good language. So that's a great check-in. And you're, you're putting the skunk on the table there a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, that's definitely a Southern expression is skunk on the table. But you're talking about the elephant in the room, which is like you can tell it's just not moving in the right direction. So I guess one of two things are going to occur. They're either going to um, say, no, actually things are moving in the right direction, uh, but we just we just want to do our due diligence. Yeah, you know, sorry, I had a headache today. Or, you know, yeah, whatever. You or never, just, it's hard you know, to read body language. Yeah, or they're going to say, well, you know, the thing that really bothers us is that upfront planning fee uh, we really, you know, and then you're at least now you've got, now you have, <laughs> yeah. have uncovered it, right? What you're trying to do is to speed up the conversation. You know, that conversation is going to happen. It's just yeah. a matter of whether it's in the car after the meeting with yeah. the, the two spouses talking about you or whether you get them to address it right in front of you. Exactly. Right? You exactly. know, they're going to be in the car saying, you know, that upfront planning fee is just more than we can stomach. I, we're not going to move forward with that. Now you just had that conversation. And we're able to overcome that. Yeah. And you want to know what that is. I mean, that, that is, that's exactly right. You need that Intel. So those are three very, common objections, our thoughts in terms of how to respond. There's no perfect answers here. No, no there's perfect not. Answers. And you may not be getting these exact same objections. You know, yeah. think about it with your, you know, whether it's your stage in the business. Yeah. Let's say you've got a baby face like us here and somebody's questioning, how long have you been in the business? <laughs> right. That's an objection. Yeah. Or let's say you're the, the opposite and you've now made it into your 70s. How and much longer are you going to be yeah, in the business? Who's going to take over your clients yeah. when you decide to retire? That's right? true. And a, a common objection. So be ready for those. I mean, there's, there's no excuse for not being prepared for the most common objections that you know you're going to get anyway. Yeah, market volatility. Hey, I'll wait till things settle down. How do you respond to that? Right. Right. Uh, if you have a question, use hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin. Uh, you can use it on Twitter. You can use it on Instagram. We're starting to get more and more of those lately, and we really appreciate that. Ask us questions for the show, and we'll feature one of your questions for the show. Yeah, so. and do check out our performance coaching program. There we go. There's our plug. It is uh, the best in the industry. We are a little biased in saying that, but we do believe it. <laughs> yep. And uh, if you ever want a consultation, just give us a ring or fill out our online profile. Thanks all.